up, witches? I'm Taylor. And I'm Amber. And, and this, this is Waking Up the Witch. We're your neighborhood witches. Each week, we talk about all things witchy and connect with other humans in a storytelling format about navigating life on this floating rock. We're two curious ladies trying to understand the human experience, but while we do that, we think it's important to honor the people that lived here before us and honor the cultures and traditions that we're being inspired by. This podcast is about waking up the witch, which means we are learning and growing every day. That being said, we are always open to feedback on how we can do better. The views and opinions of our guests don't necessarily reflect the views and opinions of waking up the witch. Now, let's go ghouls! (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Amber. Hi, Taylor. Today's episode is so fucking lovely. It was really good. Um, When I was in the bathroom, I was thinking about like one of the parallels to a lot of other people. Well, not a lot of other people. (laughs) So if you listen back to episode 10 with Jess Funk, she kind of alluded to just like always knowing that she's like, she didn't really even say this. What I take from it is that she said... And he also said they're both just always felt like spiritual beings. And so the path that they chose to enter this light may have been Christianity or Mormonism or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that helped them to be in whatever spiritual practice they are today. Yeah, return back to their soul, basically. Mm -hmm. Which I think if I would have been raised mormon i could have been indoctrinated way easier than (laughs) christianity sure planets celestial things yeah sounds good to me aside from the rules and regulations and exclusions of things like there are so many things about it that's just like icky to me Mm -hmm. but there are definitely a lot of things that That are beautiful are pretty fucking groovy and i can get behind so i get it which i mean same thing like if you read the bible as fiction Mm -hmm. and not real Mm -hmm. then there's a lot you can take from it for life lessons totally but the problem is is people treat it as a literal like as literal yeah which it's fucking not it's fantasy yeah totally agree so that's where the problem comes in but like reading if you were to pick up the bible and read it as a fantasy book you could be like wow i learned so much from this it was really beautiful use it for introspection it's really fascinating because like we learn and read about like goddesses and gods and all these other uh, you know mythologies and they're called mythologies and I really feel that the Bible is also another place mm-hmm. to pull from uh, that is you know its own type of mythology but it's just not recognized as such and like we can take lessons and moral situations from learning about these goddesses mm-hmm. or gods you silly goose um has that always been black what that tray it's blue did you paint it no it's been was it brown ones no i switched like navy blues (laughs) oh yeah i'm in a different reality (laughs) that was brown timeline hopping yeah uh no that i have two of them i bought together and they've always been navy blue 
No, they haven't. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, what is it? The Mandela, Mandela effect? Mm-hmm. Is that what just happened to you? Something. <laughs> I swear, lately there's been like different buildings in different places and Kurt's like that's always been there and I'm like no the fuck it hasn't or like different houses and I swear I've like hopped timelines which I asked for every night before bed I'm like please put me in my highest timeline so so she's referring to this table that we always use mm-hmm. to put the laptop on for recording because um, the system that we record on it does have like a video option we have yet to figure out using the material but yeah, we just put it on this table to record ourselves so later we can go back. And it's always been blue, <laughs> but not for Taylor. It's always been brown. <laughs> it was like wood colored. So strange. Hmm. Um. Anyways, yeah, today was really lovely getting to meet and talk with Jackson. I've heard so much about him and your friendship. It's really lovely to meet him. He's a wonderful soul and so knowledgeable, passionate and curious and all, yeah, just everything you could want in a guest. Mm-hmm. Very well spoken, mm-hmm. interesting storyteller. storytelling. Yeah. Um, like he made learning the basics of being Mormon very fascinating yeah. and fun. And then we got to like learn a little bit about his own journey and leaving the Mormon church and what Mm -hmm. that looks like now in his life. And yeah, Jackson's not somebody I keep up with super regularly. We have like stayed in contact for all to be all of the years, but um, we don't really talk. And so it was really nice to catch up. And he is someone that I assumed when I put out a witchy podcast would be judgy of this. And so once it came out and he said him and his wife were loving it and listening to it, I was really shocked because I didn't, first of all, I didn't know that he left the church. Like, I don't know. We haven't spoken really in years. You know how you're like Facebook friends with somebody, but you don't talk that much. You just kind of follow (laughs) their lives or like Instagram or something. Mm -hmm. So it was really nice to just hear where he's at now and i love that all things he gets interested in he becomes a major nerd in so it's like <laughs> okay it was wine then it was coffee now it's psychedelics it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love someone that deep dives into things totally. and then you we can pick their brains later because <laughs> i'm not like a huge deep diver <laughs> yeah. surface learner yeah like all just right dabble in and all the things knowledge mm-hmm so Same. it's great for us to get to talk to experts and hopefully we can have him back and deep dive on Yeah, dreams. we found out at the very end that he loves to dream journal and he's really been deep diving into like interpretation. Yeah, just learning about his dreams and the knowledge that's available to us through our subconscious. I think it's so fascinating and we honestly were recently just talking about how we want to find somebody yeah. who knows stuff about dream interpretation. So we will 100% have him back uh, probably pretty soon to talk dreams, too. Not too soon because we have so many exciting so dream much. guests that we have. <laughs> talk about dreams. Yes. Guests that we have put on our manifestation list. Um, I asked yes. because the answer is no if you don't ask. The exactly. answer is already no. You're so. ready at no. 
So what does it hurt asking? I asked and they have all said yes so far. So thanks for being so brave and putting us out there. You're welcome. (laughs) It's very exciting. We're super excited for everything to come. I feel new big beginnings happening and Mm -hmm. I hope you enjoy. forward moment movement is happening right now. It is. We're we're, uh, slingshotting through our future. It's amazing. We called it in and it's happening. Yeah, baby. We hope you enjoy this magical episode. Yes. And thanks for listening to us. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hello, hello, and welcome to another magical episode of Waking Up the Witch. Let's just start off by taking a couple deep breaths to ground ourselves and connect our energy, breathing in and release, breathing in once again and release. this last one, breathing in the deepest breath you've had all day, holding at the top, breathe in, hold, and release any stuck energy. I'd like to call in our higher selves and our spirit team to be here with us today. Help us to connect deeply, creating a safe and vulnerable place here today. Help for whatever is most needed for ourselves as well as the collective to come through and to be shared. All for the highest good and the highest light of all involved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Today we have one of my oldest friends, which is so weird to say. Um, <laughs> Jackson, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey. Hey. It's good to be on. <laughs> uh, yeah. As Taylor said, we have been friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's close to 18 years. That's I think so it was 15 awesome. at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so random connection uh i don't even know if the website exists anymore i believe it was called tagged <laughs> yeah i don't even like remember aol that. days yes oh yeah yeah, yeah. some random <laughs> social media uh before type it existed yeah and uh, we connected and just have stayed in touch ever since mm-hmm. And my favorite fact is you guys have actually never met in person in real life, right? Just not yet. It's true. Virtual yeah. old OG virtual friends. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? So I am, I mean, that is the question. Uh, I love that question because I have no idea. Kind of that Jim Carrey uh, answer is what I want to give, but that's not helpful. You know, it's kind of the... Uh, who am I? And, you know, you could go down the philosophical route and my approach, the, uh, I'm now kind of into the Buddhist area. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little bit about me, love meditation, mm-hmm. love exploring the sense of self, lack thereof, all those things. Um, but brass tacks, I'm a dad. I love that one. Mm-hmm. We'll go with that label. Mm-hmm. I've got three kiddos, seven, six, and 18 months. Um, been married to my wife for, gosh, three years now. Nope. Is that right? Yeah. That's <laughs> what we got. So we did a... We did a, a surprise wedding. We didn't tell anyone. Oh, we just I went and eloped that. at the courthouse. <laughs> Perfect. And then we did a hand fasting ceremony in the thick of COVID. Mm. And so that's where the hiccup is. It, it's always like that. Uh, wait, which date do I go off of? Do I go <laughs> off the hand fasting or the legally? You do the fun thing and then it so, just creates confusion for yourself mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's been a fantastic journey. She is probably more quote unquote witchy than I am, uh, in the sense of she practices, um, you know, rituals. She has an altar set up, uh, her goddess is Hecate and, uh, yeah, some really powerful experiences there. And do you participate in her rituals? I do. Yeah. When, when she invites me, um, I try to make it so if I'm invited, I'm open mm-hmm. to that. I'm very willing to participate with her. Um, and then, of course, if it's just something where she needs her time mm-hmm. with the divine, then allow that. a good husband. Yes. <laughs> so um, we invited you on today because we're very curious about um, just the way you grew up and being in the Mormon church. So before we jump into that, so was your, did your wife also grow up in the church? In a sense. So she grew up, um, her, her parents were never married, but you know, they had split custody. So her dad and stepmom here in Utah, devout Mormons every Sunday. Um, she was technically baptized at the age that Mormons are eight years old. Um, and then she left, um, you know, teenagers and, uh, yeah. So it was kind of a in and out thing, you know, where she'd go out here to Utah. She grew up in Indiana and, uh, came out to Utah once a month. So in that sense, she had some education in the Mormon world, but, uh, not a, Every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sure we will touch. We'll probably, her story will be wrapped up into yours in some ways, but let's start from like the very beginning of your life and um, your journey through Mormonism. Um, talk to us like we know absolutely nothing because for the most yeah. part, we don't know a lot about the Mormon church. Yeah. And then um, bring it, round it back out. Yeah, I feel like you're a great storyteller for some reason. Um, <laughs> so just start from the beginning and then towards the end, we'll bring it back. Yeah, I feel like I've always had kind of this uh, spiritual side and it, it just happened to be that I was born into a Mormon family and so grew up with that. And, uh, you know, first early 
spiritual experience. You could say my, I was close with my great grandmother. She babysat me while my parents were off at work. Uh, my mom was in nursing school and all these different things. So when she passed away, um, at the funeral, I wasn't there. Uh, I was at a babysitter and then, um, they came back from the funeral, grabbed me and, and explained what happened, how grandma had passed away and she was in heaven and heaven's where Jesus is and all these different things. And so, um, then we went to the cemetery and as my mom tells it, I was very upset. I was very upset. And she was like, she assumed that I was upset because grandma died and you know, that I was heartbroken and everything. And I'm sure that had some role in it, but I looked her dead in the eye and said, no, you said mom, grandma is in heaven. This isn't Aww. heaven. I've seen heaven. This isn't it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, wow. you know, from that point on, there's kind of been this, uh, yeah, just kind of a, a, a spiritual journey where I went to church, um, you know, in, in Mormon parlance, we would say that uh, I had a testimony. Um, and really what that is, is just a declaration of belief. Um, mm -hmm. You know, first Sunday of the month in uh, mainstream Mormon traditions, you go there and uh, they have what's called a fast and testimony meeting. So the congregation has been fasting that morning, not eating, drinking, mm. and uh, then everybody gets up and they share their testimony. And it almost has a, a unified format, uh, you know, get up, good morning, brothers and sisters. I'd like to bear my testimony. I know the church is true. I know, blah, 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 blah. And it's a lot of, I know, I know, I know. And so mm -hmm. for someone who's new, that's like, whoa, like what? Like, oh, they know <laughs> these things? Like they know Jesus lives? Like, did they see him last week? Like, what is this? <laughs> uh, but really it's just a, uh, a really strong belief. You might as well say, I believe, I believe. Can you break down the fundamentals of Mormonism and how that's different from like your traditional Christianity? Yeah. So I will try not to get too far into the weeds uh, because I, <laughs> I know what it's okay mainstream, if you do. <laughs> yeah, I know what mainstream Mormons believe and uh, cause I, I was mainstream Mormon. Um, mm -hmm. But I also know a lot of uh, you know, church history and things, how things mm -hmm. were once upon a time and how, in my opinion, they should have stayed that way. <laughs> um, so the, the mainstream concept nowadays, you know, if you have a couple of teenagers in their uh, white shirts and ties knock on your door, the message they're going to be sharing is that God has restored his one true church. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't give you the heebie-jeebies, then, you know, yeah. Kind right. of made my tummy turn just now. <laughs> yeah, there you go, right? It's like, oh. <laughs> right. So the the message is that after the death of Jesus and the apostles, that there was what's called an apostasy, falling away, that God's true authority, his priesthood was no longer on the earth until 1830. And then, you know, God sent angels and everyone else to come restore his church. So that's the standard, right? It's uh, we're here. We, we know that God's authority to do baptisms and all these different things is, is now back on the earth. Um, 
and we have temples to where we can do what's called a ceiling and we take your family and make it so you guys are together forever because God's power is given to man to do that. And you know, if you're a family-oriented person, that sounds nice. Who wouldn't right? want to be with their family forever, right? <laughs> Unless you have a not great family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so isn't there like planets in places that you go after that are different in Mormonism? The afterlife uh, kind of the, is curious. Yeah, yeah. The, the afterlife is fun. Um, so there's, again, the kind of conception of, well, God lives somewhere. That's kind of the idea, right? Like, okay, it's somewhere out there. And there's a book called The Book of Abraham. Um, people will, you know, the, the parlance is that Joseph Smith translated this book from Egyptian scrolls. Now, he didn't know Egyptian. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. This guy from New York uh, did not know ancient Egyptian. Uh, wasn't so he, we, isn't there hearsay that he was like a, a grave robber before he decided to share this story? Uh, he was a not grave robber. He was in treasure digging. Um, so that was a, a common practice like in people's he, graves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did they did rituals. So you know, like, where they go out to this site and they you know draw a circle, draw the you know whatever ritual they're doing, and and then you know there's treasure here. Oh wait, I'm seeing it. But you know, we were supposed to sacrifice this animal instead you guys brought me this one the spirits aren't appeased so the treasure has been moved okay um wow. so a lot of a, a lot of folk magic is in joseph mm -hmm. smith's history and here um, for that <laughs> yeah he he definitely had the esoteric vibe um, mm -hmm. and that's you know the book of abraham and the book of mormon when they say Joseph Smith translated it, you know, that's uh, that's a word that we have an understanding of, right? Like if I speak to you, if somebody's speaking Spanish to me, I translate to you if you don't know Spanish, right? Like, because mm -hmm. I learned the language, I'm able to say this is what they're saying. Right. Back in that time, the, how it was used is more like a transfer of ideas. So mm. similar to channeling, right? So like, get into the state, um, the records, the historical records that we have, at least for the Book of Mormon, he would put his head in a hat. And so and then there would be a, a light. And suppose, mm -hmm. you know, differing accounts, but supposedly, words would appear to him and he would read the words, and someone would write them down. Mm -hmm. And that is what the book is like. Well, and I think that is fascinating, like in regards to comparing it to channeling, because, you know, there is an argument of, well, how can you communicate with the dead when their earth language was, you know, something completely different? And for me, as someone who is a channel, spirit or energies are going to communicate with us in a way that we understand. Of course, they're not going to communicate in a way that in another language, even if that was their earth language. Um, so I think that is kind of fascinating 
And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you think about it like that is just an open spiritual interpretation. I'm here for all of that. But to tell me that this is the one true way and you must follow it or you are condemned, that's where I kind of, you know, where you lose me. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. And that's definitely the con that that's the mainstream approach right yeah um, because for lack of better words that's the sell you know we're selling religion we're selling the one mm. truth we're we're selling comfort like mm. i know that i belong to this and it's like well okay um but you know towards the end of joseph's life he said that uh the fundamental doctrine, if you will, of Mormonism was friendship. Hmm. And he said, you know, find truth wherever it may be, whether that's with the Protestants, the Methodists, whatever, and bring it in. And so that was kind of the, uh, that was his approach. Like, why? Why do we have to say that? Oh, yeah, this is truth. He Mm -hmm. goes, you know, there were a lot of things that he found truth in that were outside of it, and then bring it in. Um, Temple ceremony is almost verbatim with, you know, Masonic rituals. And I know mm. some people are like, oh, masonry. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, it's a fantastic vehicle for teaching people complex ideas. You know, you would have these people, these farmers that may have zero uh, education, but they have ties, they're influential. And so they're invited to this Masonic lodge. Well, if you want to get up and, uh, you know, be really participate in it, you have to go through these steps. You have to, you know, memorize these things and be able to then give it back to another person of, yes, I've learned this, I've learned this. And so their process of communicating those ideas really worked. Um, Mm. and so, you know, Joseph saw it as a vehicle of like, oh yeah, this will, I've got all these ideas and I've been trying to figure out how to communicate them. I'm going to borrow that here and uh, ta-da, I've made it my own. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't there too um, like a difference between the the temple and then isn't there like another space where you go to church each week, mm-hmm. right? The temple is like sacred and you have to be Mormon to enter it. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So there they have what's called a temple recommend, which means that uh, you've met with uh, the bishop who's the equivalent of a, uh, let's see, priest. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Father Leroy. Shout out to Father Leroy down in Texas. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, Father Leroy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey. So, yeah, the, you meet with the bishop and there's a set a uh, list of questions like, um, you know, do you do this? Do you comply with this? Do you do this? Do you pay tithing? Um, are, yeah, there's just a list that they go through. And if it's like, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Here's your recommend. You can go ahead and go to the temple. Um, oh, so you get recommended. Yeah, basically. Interesting. And then I the first. I recommend you to the church. <laughs> <laughs> so the first time an individual goes through the temple, it is for themselves. Um, they are going through the ceremony, the rituals, everything for them. Um, after that, you're going through on behalf of someone who's deceased. So you're doing work for the dead. 
And this is where, you know, some people find it creepy. Other people find it lovely. Um, in Mormon theology, it's not, I'll, I'll use an example. So this was 2012 and there was a big uproar because someone out there thought it would be a good idea to do baptisms for the dead. And when I mean that, it means I am standing in place of someone. We're not digging mm-hmm. up bodies and baptizing. Them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks for explaining yeah. that. <laughs> so I am, I am vicariously acting in that person's stead and being baptized on their behalf. Um, someone thought it'd be a good idea to baptize Anne Frank. Oh, oh gosh. You know, a bit controversial. Oh, wow. Just a wee bit, right? So I remember talking yeah, with a friend. That, oh, she didn't ahead. consent God, to Mormonism. That's what I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that, baffled. Yeah. I don't have the words. Thank you. That's exactly right. what I'm thinking. And, and that was that wow. was the controversy, right? Like she, what do we know her as? We know her as a Jew, um, mm-hmm. Holocaust victim. And so how dare someone? And it's overzealous, you know, it's like, well, yep. I'm going to do this on behalf of this person. Now, so only people who weren't baptized Mormon in their living life, then would they would choose to baptize them in the, in the dead? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then don't to, love that. I don't, I don't either. I, <laughs> okay. And here's, yeah. here's don't why current day Jackson doesn't love it. Because most of the time, the you're you're going back now. Mormons are phenomenal at family history, so if you're ever mm-hmm. looking for family history resources, there's probably so a true. center near you, and they would love to help. You don't have to be a Mormon. You can just walk mm. in. Hi, I hear you guys do family history. We sure mm-hmm. do. Now they'll probably try to you know convert <laughs> yeah. you, but it's free, and you can get access to a whole bunch of information. Um, My ex-boyfriend was raised Mormon and his mom was so obsessed and I didn't realize that it was something that they, a lot of Mormons get into. I just thought it was her own little hobby. And yeah, you know, as the years have gone by, I've learned that. I'm just like, wow, Hmm. what is it about family trees and genealogy that is so fascinating to Mormons? Is there Uh, a reason? Do you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's because if I can show like, okay, I am related to this person way back here. Top dog Mormon. Well, (laughs) more along the lines of like. um, (laughs) Where to connect the Mormon dots to show that this is the one true Mm -hmm. religion. (laughs) Sorry. No, it's, it's more along the lines of like, okay, if I'm going to do this work on behalf of someone, the... The guideline or rule, however you want to interpret it, is I need to show a direct connection to this person. Mm. I need mm-hmm. to be able to show this is my relative. See, okay. I've done the work. So mm-hmm. I'm going to act on behalf of them because they're my relative. So there was a descendant of Anne Frank. Supposedly, right? That's where, <laughs> yes. again, these, <laughs> it. it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a guideline. It is a rule, but, you know. Yeah. Overzealous. So with Mormon <laughs> theology, it's like, well, what happens? Like is suddenly Anne Frank on the other side, just like, what the hell? I'm Mormon. Like, <laughs> no, it's uh, I just want to put it out there that if I die and any of you try to baptize me, Mormon, I'm come back and haunt you. you I will make I sure that you not consent. Wow. 
So that's okay. the other thing is, you know, in Mormon theology, there is an afterlife, a pretty, I, I wouldn't say complex, it's just intriguing. So immediately after mm-hmm. you die, you could say that it, the equivalent is, um, oh, what's limbo? I'm blanking on the Catholic term right like now. Like purgatory? Yeah, there we go. Is that is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So kind of a purgatory. So there's an in-between state. There's a heaven purgatory and a hell purgatory. And those people that died not knowing the gospel, well, there are nice people on the other side who are Mormon or just, you know, accepted the gospel that go to that place and say, hi, do you want to come to our side? You ready to repent? Like, they're accept still God. trying to get you in the afterlife. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they show up and they're in their white yeah, shirts and their, and their white backpacks. Shirts and thighs, right? it's like, and they're like, it's not too late. You it's can not still too come. late. We can still get you. In wow. fact, there's a nice guy on the who's still living. He's he's in the water right now and uh, he's baptizing for you. So you want to accept? <laughs> Oh my gosh. No uh, disrespect amazing. to any other religions, but this is just humorous and yeah. amazing and it's good. Yeah, I love I love it. It's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So to your point, Taylor, uh you you don't consent here. You would have the opportunity on the other side as well. Okay. Even cool. if someone <laughs> baptized and was like, Well, now, now you're more here, I would have to sure. accept. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good to, to know. It. Um, I don't um, know if there's like a, a mail delivery system. Like, not mail. <laughs> What's this? Oh, they baptized me again. It's the fifth time this God week. Damn, they're still on dial-up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after the the in between, and they're still trying to get you. What comes after that? Yeah, so after that is um, the the resurrection. So. The day of judgment comes and, you know, it's not, who knows when that is, you know, I don't know if there's like a get in line. All right. You're <laughs> 1 trillion, 786 down. So take a number. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that works, it's but like Beetlejuice. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then resurrection comes and they have different kingdoms of glory. So there's mm. uh celestial, telestial, terrestrial and that the, uh, the way to remember that is like wait what is it sea turtles it's turtles all the way okay. down right like <laughs> celestial <laughs> telestial terrestrial sea turtle got it okay <laughs> um and so then what do those three mean so the the lowest is kind of a imagine the best life you could experience here on earth like just happy mm-hmm. as happy can be that's telestial it's like okay, okay. Yeah, living in a telestial kingdom, happy as a clam. All right. Terrestrial is upgraded. Celestial is like, okay, this is where families are together forever. Uh, this is where God lives. If you get to the upper echelons of celestial kingdom, you too could become like God. Spoiler. Does it just depend on how much money you donate? <laughs> she got it. To the you church. got it. Amber got it. <laughs> Uh, God is us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am the sun in drag. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's um, that there is that concept, and it's like, well, how how do you become like God? And 
like Amber said, well, currently it's like, congratulations, you are that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the, the concept being like, in, truly having all the characteristics of God. So, you know, love, um, justice, all these different things. That's what a lot of Mormons have in their minds. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, there is the notion of like, well, do we get our own planet? Yeah. I, I don't know. Do, do you want your own planet? Like, yeah, like, it sounds lonely. What, what, what are you going to do? Like, populate people and like i i peopled a planet there we go okay now go do your thing oh i should have thought longer about this maybe creating a planet of all x-men was not a good idea okay mm-hmm. and do they believe like you're in spirit form or like mm. new body or you know oh, is there body. a belief system around that new body yep okay. so whatever each- you so like a reincarnation or no glorified so each kingdom has a different type of body that's like that's kind of the thing so it's a different spheres think of it in terms of dimensions Mm, Um, okay yeah you know we're we're 3d here so someone who is in a a being that's in a 4d dimension probably has a different body than Mm. a 3d person does Um, yeah and they're probably able to come to a 3d dimension and that's kind of in mormon theology where it's like Anybody high up can go down and visit. People mm-hmm. who are there can't go up. So maybe even think of it in terms of vibrations, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like fascinating. Mm-hmm. Higher vibration contains the lower vibrations already. It's on mm-hmm. that spectrum there. Um, but for those in the lower vibration to get higher, it's like, okay, how do you how are you getting there? Mm-hmm. So fascinating. Like like some of the concepts I think are really neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I, I just don't, I can't subscribe to any religion. There's also a lot of <laughs> it. That's very non-inclusive. Yeah. And I don't can like be a bit not yeah. mm-hmm, problematic um, and very restrictive. Yeah. So let's go back to like your life story. Cause um, I remember when you went on your mission and you yeah. would send me pictures of yourself on your mission. You sent me a Bible with highlighted <laughs> things. I'm doing drugs in a basement, but I didn't say that. And I'm just like, what am I supposed to do with this fucking Bible? And I was just like, yeah, it looks beautiful. I don't know. Just like great. trying to pretend like I'm not a fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and by the then... way just a coinky dink but missionaries in your a- area knocked on the door that really was a coinky dink i didn't send them so... oh yeah they came to my house and i was like did what? you send these people here <laughs> <laughs> um so how did you go from just being like devout very very um in in the church to kind of over the last whatever 15 years to where you are now yeah so i started out um we'll go back to a couple of key points in in my life so seven and a half years old right about there so i mentioned earlier mormons are baptized at eight Um, yeah why is that you know it it stems from a concept early days where it was like we don't baptize children um and by children it's like you know, think of 
Catholic, Greek, Orthodox, mm-hmm. where it's like infant, you're baptized. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there wasn't in Mormon theology, there's no need for an infant to be baptized because, well, how does an infant sin? Um, and so there's kind of a, with the death of Jesus and resurrection, that was kind of the Mormon concept of like, so like little infants, the fall of Adam, that's kind of been taken care of by Jesus, right? It's really when we grow up and we make our own choices and our own screw ups that we need Jesus to cover us, right? Right. definitely touch on that fun fact um but yeah so the the reason eight was um basically the the mormons don't believe that infants need to be baptized that up until and i don't know if it was arbitrary i haven't dug into like why eight but it was Mm -hmm. kind of this notion of like well eight-year-olds seem to know when they're being um mischievous yeah So, okay, before then, we're going to say that they're not really sure what they're doing. So can they really be sinning if they don't know if it's better, you know, what's right mm-hmm. and wrong? As so opposed I, to being born into sin mm-hmm. and like the, like you're born a sinner. So they have to cleanse you mm-hmm. of it. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. So eight years old is kind of that like, okay, it's your choice now. And, you know, what eight-year-old really knows that they're, I want to be a Mormon for life. Um, Mm -hmm. But baptism comes. But uh, so tying it back to my story, uh, our congregation each year did kind of a what to expect. Um, What does it mean to be baptized? What's the process? What are these concepts of baptism and the gift of the Holy Ghost and all these different things? What does that even mean? So, you know, this, it's a Sunday, it's an hour long meeting, just really neat. I I remember thinking, this is so cool. I can't wait to be baptized. Mm -hmm. And we were leaving the building and I looked at my mom and I'm like, mom, what's, what's this feeling? She's like, what do you mean? What, what are you describing? And I'm like, like, I feel really warm from like the top of my head down to my feet. Like, what is this feeling? Like, and I started to cry because it was just this overwhelming feeling, good, like, mm. wow, feeling. And she said, well, you know, that's the spirit saying that this that you're making a good choice. It's like, okay, cool. Mm. Rolling with it. Fast forward, fast forward to, let's see, 16. Um, at the time, the highest leader of the church, um, president of the church, he told all the members across the world, like this year, I, you know, I I make promises to you that if you read the book of Mormon cover to cover, your life will be blessed. Um, Okay. Sounds good. Now I, at the, by this point, I hadn't read it cover to cover. I'd read most of it in Sunday school and, you know, Mm -hmm. different lessons covered everything. Um, But actually every single page. uh -uh. How many Uh, pages ish do you think? I think it's 529 something like that yeah yeah so i may have procrastinated (laughs) (laughs) um and i also got in trouble it was a christmas vacation and my sister and i had been fighting 
and uh, I got grounded because we were fighting. And grounding in, in my house was you're doing chores, you're doing all sorts of stuff, right? So I figured, being the manipulative little 16-year-old that I was, I could get out of this if I just said, oh, mom, you know, I would, I would vacuum, but uh, I'm, I'm reading right now. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's how it started. It is. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I better actually read in case she asks me what's going on. But it beats vacuuming. It beats cleaning. Um, and then eventually um, I got to, well, it's probably 100, 150 pages in right about there. Um, I got to an account where I'm like, whoa, whoa, this resonates. Mm. Huh, this guy, he's, he's the son of a prophet. And he's like, I don't know, like my dad's a prophet and all, but what's my standing with God? Like I'm an okay person, but compared to my dad, ah, I don't know about this. So he decides that he's going to stay up all night praying, doing nothing but praying for all night to know where he stands with God. I'm like, wait, I feel that way. Like, I feel like I'm a pretty good person, but where do I stand with God? So then after that, like it, it's, it sped up, right? Like it, it wasn't just, oh, I'm reading anytime I think mom's going to come around the corner. It was like, no, I am reading. I am mm -hmm. pouring through this book and crying on pages where it's like, whoa, what? This is like my life. What is happening here? Um, and then it's New Year's Eve. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to read this book before the end of the year, just like wow, I like said I was week. going to. Yeah. <laughs> and I get to the last chapter and I'm starting to kind of feel nervous because my whole life I've been told the Book of Mormon is true. And if the Book of Mormon is true, that means that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God. And that means that God restored his true church on earth. And that means you need to be part of the one true church. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, that's been my life, right? Like I lived that. But now I'm in the last chapter and I haven't gotten confirmation necessarily like, yeah, this is capital T true. Mm. It's been really good. Hmm. So last chapter. Uh, in the last chapter, missionaries all over the world are jumping to this chapter and having people read it because in there, there's a promise that if you, now how missionaries frame it is, basically what I summed up, right? Like if the book of Mormon's true, God's going to tell you, join the church. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the, the too long didn't read version. <laughs> um, if you actually read it and what it says, it tells you to think about the goodness of God. Think of all the good things that God has done from the beginning of the earth down to when you're reading it, ponder on those things and pray if those things are not true. So it's, talking about the goodness of God, not the book you hold in your hand. And if you pray about those things, God will let you know the truth of it. It's like, oh, seems pretty basic. Seems like, yeah, anyone can do that, right? Think about goodness of life and the good that's out there and meditate on that and then call upon a higher power to go, hey, is this true? Like, is life pretty good after all? 
is there more goodness in the world than I had thought previously? Yeah, sure is. Huh, okay. But 16-year-old me was focused on capital T, true Book of Mormon. So I finish the chapter and I pray and nothing happens. Mm. I'm like, what? What? And I start to feel a little bit of panic. And then I have this feeling and this voice come to me that says, read it again. And I'm like, the entire book? Oh and it's like, no, 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 just the last chapter. <laughs> like, okay, all right. Just, all right, all right. So I read it again, and it's almost to the very end of the chapter. And it's a the author is saying, come unto Christ and be perfect in him. So not you be perfect, come unto Christ, that, that spirit, that goodness, that anointed one, which we already are if we connect with that. So come unto that and be perfect in that. Now that's me, how I interpret it now, not 16-year-old me interpretation. Mm-hmm. But I read those words and the same feeling hit me from crown of my head down to my mm. feet, just poured with this warmth and love and I was sobbing and I was like it's true it's true it's true Mm. that's how I interpret it right like Mm -hmm. well of course this feeling must mean the book is true so then I started reading it I think I read it uh the book of Mormon every single month for a year um like on repeat page, mm-hmm. like front cover cover. Yeah, I, I literally cut up a, a book of Mormon into, I, I calculated how many pages I'd have to read every single day to do it every month. And I would walk around school with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm this high school kid walking around and people wow. are like, what you got there? I'm like, book of Mormon. I'm like, Did you go like, to a Mormon school? Uh, Pleasant Grove High School. I mean, Utah, it, the predominant. I was going to say, it is Salt Lake City, so <laughs> never mind. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't like a uh, a private school. There are Mormon private schools, but I mean, they're pretty few and far between. Right. Um, everybody's like, yeah, public school. We're all screw-ups. Let's do it. There's um, like 20% people who aren't Mormon, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. that's true. <laughs> So fast forward to 19, um, and I go on a mission. So what happens is you basically send in an application saying, I want to go on a mission. You pay your own way, or the local congregation helps support you. Um, I think they increased the cost, but back then it was $10,000, which, you know, not bad, but you got, you got a budget, man. You wow. got a, yeah. you get $400 a month. I think that's how the $10,000 breaks down. And then you get X amount for food. Uh, mm-hmm. Missionaries, if if nothing else, be nice to the missionaries because they're living on yeah. like $100 for groceries <laughs> kind of thing. So Yeah, do you, you get know, like put up somewhere? How long yeah. is it for? Yeah, so it's, it's two years and they rotate you around. Um, you know, you might stay in one area. Um, gosh, there was a missionary who stayed there like 18 months, but usually it's like every six weeks, there's an opportunity to move to a different area based on, uh, inspiration. You know, you've got a mission Mm -hmm. president there who 
basically looks at his mission and goes, okay, where, where do I send missionaries? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like, didn't get the impression to move you. Okay. Mm. Um, so I averaged, I was McAllen, Texas. So that Mm. is right on the border of Mexico, Spanish speaking. Mm. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Brownsville, McAllen, all those fun places. Love them. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I, I averaged three to four months in any given area. I was all over. I was in uh, outside of Corpus Christi in a place called Robstown. Uh, if anyone from Robstown is listening, you guys need to change mm-hmm. your high school mascot. It is terrible. Terrible. Oh, I, can't okay. believe, I can't believe it's a thing. You guys will have to Google Robstown high school mascot yeah. later. So anyway. <laughs> not Whatever. really. It's bad. <laughs> no. Um. So yeah, I was uh, I was all over, and um, knocking doors every single day, like a door to door salesman for religion. And uh, we had some amazing experiences, um, heartbreaking experiences. Like there was a a couple, both were on board to they wanted to join the church. Um, wife first, she she was on board, and then uh, her husband shortly thereafter was on board. And then his mom came in from Mexico and he told her, he's like, I'm going to join the Mormon church. And her words were, at least your brother died Catholic. Mm. Sad. Yeah. Mm. So he had, I mean, he'd given up drinking. That's another thing. So Mormons don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't Mm -hmm. do drugs, all those different things, right? Mm -hmm. No coffee. OG straight edge. (laughs) No coffee? (laughs) So, you know, he'd done all those things and he really felt like this was what he wanted. And then his mom came in and, uh, you know, through that. And so he he decided not to. And he Mm -hmm. didn't want his wife to either. And that was one Mm -hmm. thing that uh, uh, we tried to, we, we tried not to divide families. Yeah. We tried to make it so, like, we want this to be a couple's effort as much as possible. If not, then we want the other party to give consent, essentially. Like, mm. hey, if it's mm. not for you, are you okay with your significant other doing it? Yes mm-hmm. or no? No. Oh, that feels restrictive. <laughs> it's their choice, isn't it? Uh, yeah. But, you know. That could invite some conflict that we don't necessarily want. We, you know, the messages families can be together forever, not mm-hmm. you get to be have on your, your own. own star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there were there were amazing experiences. Um, we healed a woman of pneumonia. That was a wild experience. Um, we walked in, to, you know, we were knocking doors and this little girl answered and we're like, hi, are your parents here? And she goes, my mom is here. She's really sick though. I'm like, oh, and we go in and, and this poor woman is just on the couch and I'm like, you look awful. And this was, this was the time that um, H1N1 was going around. So mm-hmm. yeah, we, we, you know, not a doctor, but she looked like she was in rough shape and we're like where do you need anything she's like no 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 and then and then she said pray for me we're like well we Mm. do a special kind of prayer it's called a blessing are you okay with that she's like yeah 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 anything so um 
you know, placed our hands on her head. We, uh, my companion at the time, he was like, just heal her. And I'm like, what? He goes, do it, dude. Just heal her. I'm like, you mean say it, like be healed. He goes, yep. He's like, do you have faith that it could happen? I'm like, I mean, anything's possible, but that's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you, I'm not, I'm not telling you what to do, but I think you should just heal her. I'm like, okay. So hands on head. And anytime I give a blessing, it's an out of body experience. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, I don't know what happens, but just that flood, that sensation of I, I'm not an ego in a head. I'm just, mm-hmm. it's spacious and whatever comes to mind, that's what's being said. And there you go. So hands on head, start kind of doing the the typical ritual thing, kind of the prayer, and then just had that feeling of like, yep, do it, healer. Okay. Uh, and, you know, we command you to be healed. All right. Well, have a nice day. We'll, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Next day, we're, we're in the same neighborhood um, and knocking and and that same little girl is out and we're, and we're like, hi, how are you? She comes running up. She's like, she's better. She's better. She's better. And we're like, what? And so we went and talked to her and sure enough, she was walking around in, inside the house. I'm like, how are you? And she goes, I'm great. You did it. You, wow. you healed me. And we're like, Beautiful. I mean, good. That's what matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so so to me i think like yeah any kind of energy work is really powerful any type of intention that you're setting is yeah. really powerful if she believed it that's even more yeah. powerful but when you're 19 you believe this is because of the one true mormon god yeah it's a uh... God restored his power and authority on earth. And by Jove, I have that. And so, uh, yeah, that was, that was the mindset. And I agree now, you know, current day Jackson is, is spot on where, you know, you have stories, even in the Bible. One of my favorite stories is the woman with the issue of blood. And so she's just bleeding constantly, probably just nonstop, uh, menstrual issues and hemorrhaging. Right. And, and she hears of Jesus and she's like, screw it. If I get, if I can just get close, maybe he'll heal me. And, and she goes, forces her way through the crowd and, and sees him and he's just can't get his attention. But maybe if I could just touch his robe, touches it. And Jesus is like, whoa, who touched me? And his disciples are like, do you see the, really dude, do you see the crowd? Like, and you're asking <laughs> who touched, okay, all right. He's had a little too much wine, everybody. (laughs) And he goes, no, I felt virtue leave me. And Mm. so he looks around and he sees her. And he's like, your faith has made you whole. Mm. Mm -hmm. And if you look at all the miracles in Jesus's story, yes, he's there. He's kind of this conduit, right? But every single time it's go, your faith mm-hmm. has made you whole. Mm-hmm. You Next. are coming to him going, hey, 
raise, raise my daughter from the dead, heal me, do this, do this. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's the faith. That's the trust. Your faith has made mm-hmm. you whole. Hmm. So the, love that. Yeah. And then, um, so two years, uh, lots of, lots of learning, lots of growth, and then came home. And that was really hard. Like if there's one thing that uh, the church could do, it's uh, classes on how to become a normal person again. Well, yeah, integrating back into the real world after being a church salesman. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because, you know, for two years, you're wearing this little plaque and dressing a certain way. Uh, You know, don't flirt with girls. Don't do anything. Like, don't even think about girls. Focus on God. And then you get home and what are you supposed to do? Uh, you're supposed to get married. Go find a girlfriend and get married. It's like, oh, I don't gosh, even know how yes. to talk to girls. <laughs> so yeah, then I, I started on uh, back to real life. And real life was a conflict of, I, I've lived this way for two years and now I'm supposed to live a normal life. And there's all these different things now. And I was chasing the next spiritual plateau. So there's a belief in, in Mormonism. It's not a, I, when I say there's a belief, this isn't common, like everybody's talking about it. It's a, it's, it's out there as a belief. <laughs> um, and that, that belief is everyone is entitled to the experience that Joseph Smith had of seeing God and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And this kind of ties back to what I was telling Amber earlier. Yes. <laughs> so, I wanted that. I wanted that experience. Sure. Who doesn't want to see God and Jesus, right? So I I was like, I'm going to find it. And (laughs) that led me through kind of an exodus from the church because I was reading things and I'm like, wait, why why don't they teach this commonly in the church? Why, Why is this so obscure? Shouldn't this be like the goal for everyone? Like come join the church and, and meet Jesus. Yeah, sign me up. Let's do that. Um, but it wasn't commonly talked about. And so you start looking for those people or those groups that do talk about those things. And that led me to um, a, a group of individuals that um, I'm trying to think of what they're called, if they even have it. Like there, there's kind of a group that's uh, outside mainstream Mormon, and they're all about that. Like, yeah, let's find Jesus. Um and their leader, if you want to call him that, at the time was active, mainstream LDS. And eventually the church kicked him out, mm. excommunicated. Um, mm-hmm. And so he started his own thing. And that's that kind of was my way out of like, oh, well, you know, if I have to choose between the two, I'm choosing the one that uh, doesn't have $100 billion in its bank, make questionable choices, <laughs> exclude X, Y, and Z. And yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So I started, I became what I called a free range Mormon. <laughs> they let you have some sunshine and some fresh grass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can run around wherever you want. Um, and so, yeah, it was, um, I was still on the books if you will, with the mainstream Mormon church, but doing my own thing, exploring. And uh, 
that led me to psychedelics. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had no idea. I, I was with a friend. I, I knew about psychedelics. I had read Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind. Um, awesome. Just a whole bunch of information. And I always felt like, oh, I'd love to try it someday. But uh, contrary to what they tell you in school, there is not a drug dealer on every corner. <laughs> I know. Unfair. <laughs> right? I'm like, what? Lies. <laughs> Do I need to find an elementary school to get drugs? Like, what is this? They keep it in that unmarked, unwindowed van. Mm -hmm. Free candy? Listen, candy's great, but you guys got drugs? Like, that's what I'm (laughs) looking So I I was out with a friend. He was uh, going through hard times. And he's like, hey, do you want to go get a drink? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Um, So we went and got a couple of beers um, and then on our way, on our way back, I dropped him off at his house and I was like, Hey dude, it'll be okay. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Hey, I really appreciate you. By the way, do you want mushrooms? And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. What <laughs> do I, is the Pope Catholic? Like, yeah, of course. let's do this. <laughs> Did you just get um, like so excited? Like it's yeah. finally come. <laughs> yes, exactly. So he goes into his house and he comes out with a Ziploc bag and, uh, I go home. It's a Wednesday night. I'm like, let's do this. It's eight o'clock at night. Um, and I had, at, by that time, I think I had done, I had smoked marijuana like a handful of times, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought like, oh yeah, it'll be like that. Like, you know, if I get oh. too high, I'll just sleep it off. Right? Like that's a thing. No. Mm, no. Are you like 21, 22 ish? 26. Oh, okay. Mm. So I didn't have my first beer. Yeah. I didn't have my first beer until 25. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just sitting there in my bedroom and I'm like, I don't know. How much do you, uh, yeah, (laughs) sure. Do you even know like how much is in the bag? Like how much he gave you? Just here's a bag of mushrooms. Yep. I have no idea. I'm like, shit. And so I'm like, well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) maybe half yeah let's do half half seems nice right oh my gosh oh no so i text my brother (laughs) i finally (laughs) saw jesus (laughs) spoiler alert he is me (laughs) so i text my brother because it's like 90 minutes in and nothing's happening and i'm like dude i think i got i think i got duds and he goes that's not a thing i'm like what do you mean he goes not a thing it's not a thing he goes, when did you take it? Eight. Okay. Well, buckle up, buttercup. You're about to go for oh. a real long ride. And oh. shortly thereafter, it hit. And I was just like, whoa, this is intense. What is going on? And <laughs> well, what I'm, is time? <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm, I, you know, I'm alone. I'm tripping alone. Don't do that. Get a sitter. Have support. Have friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. Put electronics away. Don't scroll Facebook while no, tripping. No, no, no. But I got this. So I'm having these experiences and and I have this sense of oneness and everything's connected and it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then the ego mind is like, dude, you're tripping balls. Like, of course, yeah. everything's feeling this way. Like, it's just the drugs, man. I'm like, mm. I don't know. Well, I'm scrolling Facebook. And it's this video of a dog that is being rescued. Like they found it and rehabilitated Mm. this dog. And 
I'm sobbing. Like, this is the most beautiful story. <laughs> yeah. I'm so grateful that the universe brought these people to rescue this dog. And isn't it wonderful? See, everything's connected. I needed this. Mm. My brain's like, dude, it's a random video on Facebook. <laughs> Get over it. Everything's connected. Sure, the algorithm knows you. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so my the the response of this uh was like no i'll prove it to you i'll prove everything's connected the next video is going to show you that everything's connected like, okay so <laughs> my the ego mind goes if everything's connected then this next video needs to have something about jrr tolkien because mm. i was big into lord of the rings at this mm -hmm. point still love it but um I'm like, okay, sure. Scroll up. And it's Stephen Colbert. And I had zero idea, absolutely none, that Stephen Colbert is one of the biggest Lord of the Rings fans. Hmm. Oh. Had no idea. So I'm sitting there and and he's he's talking about, he's like, oh, you know, I love this song. It's by Chance the Rapper, and it's called My Favorite Song. And I was listening to it, and it's like, Chance on Acid, rapping to that LSD. And I'm like, see, I'm tripping balls. And it's a song about... See, see? My brain's like, it still has to apply Tolkien for this to work. I'm like, ah. So a couple... I'm just envisioning like the devil and the angel on your oh, shoulder. Yeah. Right? Exactly you know? that. Classic. And so a couple, like a minute later, he's tying this song to an obscure reference in Lord of the Rings. Oh Fascinating. Gosh. And I'm like, it. you That's win. It. You win. <laughs> Everything's connected. Everything's connected. So from that point forward, psychedelics became a big part of my spiritual journey. Um, mm -hmm. Beautiful. Love the healing. Um, that I, I wish I could say that trip was a good one. It wasn't. There were a lot yeah. of like. Okay grip on and hold through um mm -hmm. but it's still good even when it's scary and terrifying exactly. like it is just that deep healing and i'm sure regardless who fucking knows how much you took that night yeah <laughs> um but what happened and came through clearly needed your soul needed that and there was so much undoing that you had to go through i'm sure yeah exactly and that's um you know i've my friends call me a masochist because I, you know, the vast majority of my experiences have been hellish in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but through integrating and everything after, I've been super grateful for them. Um, and masochist oh. because I tend to push the envelope where it's like, you know, what's what's ten grams? Let's, <laughs> you know, what, <laughs> what's that like? It's like, don't do that. That's a lot. Um, oh, have you done that? Uh huh. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking mushrooms, listeners. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's about how much I took my first time. Oh, like an eighth. Jesus. And then my friend was like, okay, I got to go home now. And I was like, wait, what am I supposed to? We were like playing Frisbee at a park. No. I was like, oh, <laughs> now okay. what do I do? <laughs> yeah. So same. Oh, oh gosh. But I'd already imagine. tripped balls before a yeah. lot of times on LSD. So I was like kind of prepared my yeah. scariest trip was two grams i can't imagine 
Yeah. <laughs> ten grams. Ten is it's a. You were trying to see Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, we found him. He's me. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> Tell me about that realization. Like, what was that experience when you're like, "Oh, I am God. I am Jesus. I am the tree." <laughs> mm-hmm. It was. So I got up to use the restroom, and. I'm, the I'm bathroom's washing. always fun when you're tripping, oh, by yeah. the way. Yeah, it's a great time. <laughs> they tell you not to look at yourself, but it's interesting if you it do. Is. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's what I was doing. I'm washing my hands and I look up and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who is this guy? I'm just like <laughs> staring. And uh, I, so I, I wear glasses, but with psychedelics, they ha- glasses have to come off for me. Like, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. My vision gets better. And so I'm looking at myself and I'm like, I don't, who are you? Mm. Who are you? And then, you know, visual distortions happening Mm -hmm. constantly. Like this face is changing over Mm. and over and over. And it's like, oh, I get it now. This is not me. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and that's where, and just that feeling of like, oh, well, of course this is, this is the, uh, divine dreaming of itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and you know, I, I've met some amazing people because of psychedelics. Um, I've got a couple of friends, um, they're still researching and they're, they're working to get like actual publication stuff. So I can't go into too much detail, you know, inside trader information, but they are working to demonstrate, hopefully prove that uh, Joseph's religious experience his what's known as the first vision um, was a psychedelic experience. Mm, um, I totally believe we, that. Yeah. So for those that haven't heard Joseph's story, uh, he's confused. He's a 14 year old boy, roughly, roughly that age. And he's confused by religion. You know, his mom is Methodist and his dad is kind of just there. um, Doesn't really care one way or the other for religion. And there's a big revival going on in the area. So everybody's vying for, come join our church, our congregation's true. No, don't join them. They're, they're false. And look, it says here in the Bible and another minister's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we'll check here in the Bible. And it's like, wait, you guys are using the same book. Like, <laughs> yeah. How is there this much confusion over the same book? <laughs> and so he decided, well, I guess I better read it and figure out for myself. And in the book of James, first chapter, fifth verse, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and abradeth not. You're not going to be punished by God for asking a question. And then it's like, and to he who asks wisdom will be given. Uh, it's not quite how it goes. I'm trying to, I have it memorized in Spanish, but uh, anyway. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> you, you say it a lot on the mission, right? Like these verses and it's like, okay, I've said also, this a million times side in note. Interesting that a lot of churches don't welcome questioning. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. straight up right there. Mm-hmm. 
I was thinking. Same yeah. Thing. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what, according to Joseph's own account, he said, never had any passage hit him like that passage did. And so he decided to put it to the test. Um, they had been clearing trees in the area, which uh, hint, hint, wink, wink, where do mushrooms grow? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, but it's, it says that, uh, you know, he went out to this grove where they had been uh, cutting down trees. And his account, the official account is that he kneeled down and, and prayed to God. And that as he was praying, he felt like this darkness come over him and his tongue was bound and he felt like he couldn't move. Yeah, that sounds a bit psychedelic. Been there. (laughs) Right? And so, and then just as he was about to give into despair, he saw a light. And in that light, he saw two beings. And one of them pointed to the other and said, this is my beloved son, hear him. And he has this experience with God, this divine transcending experience. Um, I've got a friend who suggests that instead of seeing, you know, God and Jesus, the two beings that he's seeing are Jesus and himself. And Mm -hmm. the one being Jesus is pointing to Joseph saying, this is my beloved son. You hear him, i.e. hear yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, I like that. I can't wait for this to be out in the open and proven <laughs> how would you prove something like this though yeah so they they went back east to where joseph's homestead is and explored the area missouri and, uh so f- very first was new york palmyra new york mm. and then eventually they made their way west um but and there's the dog barking there's the life <laughs> there's life <clears throat> so he, it, my friends went back to that area and sure enough, in this area, they, um, they found mushrooms. Uh, yes, they did. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, they've got, they, they have a really good argument in my opinion. Um, they do, they're doing great research to connect dots of like, okay, that's great. But, you know, would they have the knowledge to, um, you know, brew these things or, or make it so that are you overdosing? Like what, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. And they have a, a really good case of showing how they were familiar with those properties and, and yeah. And that's why. So neat. Love it. (laughs) Here for that. So we are getting towards the end of our time. Um, do you want to tell us kind of where you are in your spirituality now and what some of your practices are before we get into the final question? Absolutely. Um, so I am a huge fan of dreams, dream Mm -hmm. work and inner work. Um, you know, there's, there's something about dreams that are unconscious and the collective unconscious is trying to communicate to us. And I find that, uh, those messages, when we pay attention, explain a lot of what's going on. And when we ignore them, that's when the potential pathologies arise, you know, the potential depression, all these things. And then 
if you really start looking at dreams, it's like, whoa, that is, I'm sorry I haven't been paying attention unconscious. I get it now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Are you journaling your dreams every morning when you wake up? And then yep. you notice that your recollection is stronger the more you um, like write out, journal out your dreams. Absolutely. So for those that don't feel like their dreams are vivid, you can't recall it, write down anything. Mm -hmm. My very first journal entry for a dream was a music box in the shape of a hand. That's it. Wow. So great. I'm like, I I don't know what this means. I don't know anything (laughs) else about it, but that's all that I remember. And the more I started to write things down, the more that it kind of programmed the brain to be like, oh, okay, I should remember these things. I'm this ready for the messages. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, I'm you're good. Uh, another thing are if there's a book out there, uh, if people use um, THC, THC is known to uh, affect your REM. And mm-hmm. so if you're looking to get into dream work, but you don't recall those REM dreams, there is a book called Liminal Dreaming, Exploring Consciousness at the Edges of Sleep. Uh, it's by Jennifer Dumpert. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's at, so as you start to fall asleep, there's a, a stage of dreaming. It's called hypnogagia. And then as you wake up, so if you've ever woken up at like 7 a.m. on a weekend and you're like, oh, no, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> and you start having those dreams right away. That's uh, hypnopompia. And a lot of people, it's like, oh, no, I remember those dreams super mm-hmm. well. Same. Yeah. yeah. That's where the good shit's yeah. at. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's definitely, again, for those that uh, THC, whether recreationally or medicinally, um, those are great options for dream work as well that you can explore. Um, but otherwise, yeah, just interpreting dreams. It's don't, please don't go get a dream dictionary. They're those mm. are filled with such bullshit. Garbage. Yeah, I have really a dream is. deck and I'm like, this is not it at all. It's not because, you know, uh, kitchen table. That means one thing to me and a completely different thing mm-hmm. to someone else. Right. Yeah, because you have for to me, create your own dictionary with the spiritual meanings and the dream meanings. Mm-hmm. It's the same Absolutely. thing with, with channeling and learning how to, how you're receiving information. And if you are seeing things coming through, you have to decide what does this mean so that spirit can communicate with you in your own little language. Same thing for yeah. dreams. Exactly that. Yeah. Um, so there's a, another book that I highly recommend for anyone interested in dream analysis. It's called Inner Work, and that's by Robert Johnson. Taylor, weren't you just saying we need to find someone to yep. talk about dream work with? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone who's been on our wish list for so long, and here you are. We'll have to have you back for a whole dream episode. Yes, please. That'd be wonderful. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, yeah, dreams are a big part, and then meditation is probably the biggest. Um, Mm -hmm. Just focusing on, um, 
I, I practice non-dual meditation, which has the philosophy of, uh, so it, it means that there's not two, it's just one. There's not a ego. There's not a meditator meditating. There's just this, mm, um, there's just experience. So there's no, there's no ego or person riding around in your head, which is kind of that feeling that spotlight mm-hmm. attention, like focus on your breath. And it's like, I am up here in my head, focusing on my breath that's down here. It's like, no, 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 no. You as the whole are this experience. And there's just mm-hmm. consciousness and its contents. Um, and like so it, it kind of points towards the um, ego is an illusion, which I love that idea because we often hear like, oh, you know, you got to kill the ego. It's like, well, there's nothing to kill. It's just an <laughs> illusion. It's like when you walk into your garage and you think, ah, snake in the corner. Oh, wait, no, that's just rope or a hose. Just kidding. Um, There's there's nothing to do to make that an extension cord. It already is the extension cord. Mm -hmm. It's just recognizing. I love that. Amazing. Uh, I do have a question. Now Mm. in... Today, Jackson, do you still get that warm feeling on the top of your head mm-hmm. down to your feet? And mm-hmm. if so, what is what is your interpretation of that now? Great question. Yeah, I think it I think that it's a good indicator for it's true. Now yeah. Yeah, yeah. what does I think that true is an interesting thing because in our day and age we think of true as scientific, verifiable, fact. all these different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fact. Um, but true in kind of an older term is more like true to form, like true to a blueprint, true to this, true to self, mm-hmm. um, true to what's higher. And so there were things like, it's not necessarily, oh, Mormon, capital T, true. It yeah. was, this is good. This is on the right path. This is true to form what, mm-hmm. whatever I was doing, right? Like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's on a path that isn't bad. Yeah. Go for it. Journey. See where it takes you. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those, those moments do occur. Um, and I, I'm not chasing them anymore. Yeah. That was a, a big yeah. thing, right? Like chasing the spiritual peaks. It's like mm-hmm. every day is magical. If you pay attention. Yes. Love that. I love that so much. And I really adore that you have such a vivid memory and, you know, the feeling like the whole five senses of that at such a young age and to remember that and to know that to be such a powerful point in your life. I think that's incredible because we are all spiritual beings And we all have that connection and we're taught to forget it or that we're making it up. And, you know, most of us are, and it's, you know, so we don't always grow up remembering when we were a kid, we had these little zings or messages coming to us that were memorable. And yours just so happens to line up with like right before you're getting baptized. And, you know, so Mm -hmm. of course there is kind of that, blueprint memory I think his was a positive experience though a lot of times when you're younger and you're told you tell someone that you're having this spiritual experience people are like you're silly 
you're just a kid. It's just your imagination. Yeah. But his was like validated yeah. by his parents. Yeah, that's mm. that's a good point too, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think that's well, beautiful. Even, and even imagination now, like if you, for those interested, that inner workbook talks about uh, not only dreams but active imagination, which mm-hmm. is an amazing technique uh, to get yeah. in touch with the unconscious and you know, yeah. think of everything that we have, even in science is a result of someone's imagination. Absolutely. So what makes their imagination better than yours? Mm -hmm. I have another question. Um, how, so you said one of your titles is a dad. How do you feel like you're raising your kids differently than your experience? Than you were raised? Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing is the emphasis on it's okay to feel mm-hmm. mm. and Absolutely. making it a point to show when I screw up, right? Like, yes. I apologize. I should not have acted that way. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's so beautiful mm-hmm. and so important. I love that. I can't wait to see how all my friends' kids turn out different than we did. Um, Do you want to ask one of the questions? Yeah. Um, So as you know, since you are a listener, also we have two questions, burning questions that we have to ask all of our guests. And our first one is, what is something that you just can't live without uh, for self-care? Oh, currently it's... Uh, I am a nerd for espresso. Mm, I love it. absolutely love it. <laughs> like, you, do you have uh, a machine you and you make be. it at home and it's like a whole routine for you, ritual? Yeah. Love and, it. How do you like your espresso? Oh, man. I've gone into the deep, dark web of Reddit. <laughs> like, I know I'm you're a nerd cute. about it. <laughs> I'm such a nerd about it. Um, How fun. It, it, you know, that part of the fun is just messing around and like, Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to tweak this, tweak that. And maybe if I try it this way and Oh, that was garbage, but uh, okay, Mm -hmm. moving on. Um, I think I got into it because uh, I'm a little bit pretentious, a little like (laughs) a little on fancy. Um, But my, my jam used to be wine. I, I wanted to be a sommelier for the longest time, but uh, Utah doesn't have the right environment. You know, yeah, very dry straight. So I can't wait for you to come, come visit. Yeah. yeah, the yeah, wine exactly. so here. much great wine out here. So good. <laughs> and yeah, so okay. I turned to espresso because uh, I can drink it during the day at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> legal drugs. Yeah. Exactly, legal drugs. Yeah. Okay, and then if you now could tell little Jackson one thing or your younger self, whether that be yesterday or when you were a child, one thing, what would it be? Okay, I would tell younger me, it's not your fault and it's okay. Mm, Absolutely. Such good advice. (sighs) It's so great that you get to tell your kids that now, too. Mm -hmm. Mm, So beautiful. I love that. Um, I have one more question. Does your wife have any, like, oracle decks that you want to pull from? Ooh. We usually do a card pull at the end, but if you have one, I would love for you to do the card pull. (gasps) 
Okay. Yay. Will you pull cards for us? Absolutely. (laughs) Yay. Is this your deck or your wife's deck? This is mine. Yep. Yay. So we have a... uh, We... We have a. Sorry for assuming you didn't have your own. <laughs> it's totally fine. It's a. We're kind of a no touchy touchy of each other's decks, just because. Perfect. Uh, you know, kind of that uh, transference. Yeah. Do I do I want to get a, a? I don't want to mix my energy with yours and mess up any mm-hmm. reading. Um. So, so what this deck, deck are you is, pulling from? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's the uh, Tarot de Marseille of the new incarnation. So I found this on Etsy. Um, I love the Marseille deck. It's fantastic, beautiful uh, artwork. And this creator went through and redid all of the minor cards. So instead of being symbols and stuff, each one kind of has like a a story attached to it, similar to the major arcana. All right. We're going to do, I don't know what we are. Ooh. I can't I love see it. what this is. I will flip Beautiful. it around, but I just want to show. All right. I think it is. All right. It is the devil. That's what I thought mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Wonderful. Will you so take a picture devil. of that for us and send it to us so we can put it on the Instagram page? And then if you could take a picture Absolutely. of the um, deck. The deck. Absolutely. would love to do that. Um, so just, it, this is one where I, I feel like it's people dread it, it, the tower and mm-hmm. death. The, and death. Yeah. <laughs> yes. like, oh my gosh. It's like, the scary I love cards. the death card. I know. There's my favorites yeah. though. <laughs> it's Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, just to do it justice, I've got his Perfect. booklet. Yes. I know some people are like, ignore the little white book. And that's totally fine. No, I usually agree like in the sense both. of like, get the feel for it, go with what it means mm-hmm. to you. And the creator put it for a reason. So mm-hmm. yeah, agree. Uh, the devil, how does one distinguish the dreadful devil from the mischievous imp or forest god? It's not that difficult. Once upon a time, in the forest close to people's dwellings, there lived a cheeky and naughty young imp. He enjoyed inventing all kinds of amusements, playing with children, teasing adults, especially those who observed the decencies on the outside but dreamed of real orgies in private. Excellent. Mm, lovely. <laughs> For everybody who was ready to laugh together with him, he was nice and sweet. Uh, he was a nice and sweet devilkin, but for the deceitful, dishonorable, and uh, I don't know that word. That's a fun one. That surprises me. <laughs> I have never come across that word in my life. So moving on. So he laid snares for those that were <laughs> difficult to avoid. At times, lovers who went completely crazy over their lusty passions were taught were caught in his snares. The young imp grew up and he laughed less and less. As he encountered grave human vices, he grew into the true devil, and his amusements and traps turned into fetters for the unfortunate. But many people understood that if they could make him laugh, he would become a lovely imp again for some time and let them go. I love that. Me too. 
What a fun little story about the devil. Mm-hmm. What a yeah. fun deck. <laughs> oh, love this. Um, Do you so have there's... any intuitive hits about this card after mm-hmm. reading that story? Things that are coming through for you, messages, little tingles at the top of your head. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Taylor knows this a little bit. Uh, and in the mode of being vulnerable, uh, the last couple of weeks have been crazy. So my 18-month-old yeah, daughter... Yeah had a seizure, um, mm. stopped breathing and it was, it was traumatic oh my and, God. um, she's okay. So we went to a neurologist and all the results came back in the clear for now. So we're going to keep that. Um, wow. but then this morning, uh, you know, high fever and what, what's going mm. on. Dang. So she has a double ear infection right now. And, um, mm. that kind of, it, it feels like the devil, right? Um, yeah. Just so much hitting. But uh, I had a friend or a colleague actually, who was like, oh my gosh, you guys, you can't catch a break. And just mm-hmm. out of nowhere, I said, you know, I don't know that we would catch a break unless it was a brand new virus named break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was just kind of that laughter moment of like <laughs> yeah <laughs> making a joke of it okay yeah yeah um laughter and so just that reminder like even the card itself you look at it where the card itself is masculine and feminine it has mm-hmm. all the parts of male and female and so it's one of those things where it's like whatever you're going through right now the bad, it seems like, oh my God, the devil's just on my case. Mm-hmm. Take that moment, like in the story, like try to look for the good, try to look for a moment to laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, look for people around you to have a positive experience with. Um, hug it out with someone. Mm-hmm. You know, If you can embrace the devil for a little bit, mm-hmm. you might be surprised what you learn there. Absolutely. Love that. Beautiful. And I'm feeling called to, to remind you of your healing abilities, Jackson. You healed a woman with pneumonia. And I know it's harder when you are attached to the person, but know that you have a lot of healing energy running through you. And it's more powerful when you can use it on your own blood, your own DNA, yourself and your family. So remember to just give her that power and that love and know that it does run through you and you have a very powerful ability to send healing love to her. Thank you. I needed that. Truly. Yeah. Oh, you're amazing. This was amazing. Uh, yeah. Full body chills. Yeah. Uh, so much magic. So grateful to get to talk with you and share in your stories and knowledge this is a really fun episode and yes, we absolutely will have you back and we'll just talk dreams. <laughs> yeah. If people are interested in chatting with you, are you open to that? If absolutely. we give people, yeah. Where can they find you? Yeah. Um, I'm technically off social media, but if they reached out, uh, just email jackson.ederson yeah. at gmail.com. Perfect. Wonderful. Okay. Well, this is, uh, been wonderful and we're so grateful and we're gonna do a new way of 
signing off. S- signing <laughs> off. So, Jackson, will you please join us in giving some self-care advice <laughs> to our listeners? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Who wants to start? Me? Yeah, go I'll for go. it. <laughs> Hug a puppy. Uh, do something for your inner child. Dance and sing spontaneously. Stare at yourself naked. Look at your soul in the mirror. Mm. Read a book that you've been putting off for too long. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, I actually today was thinking like, I want to do that 10 pages a day thing. There's so yeah. many books that I love and 10 pages is so easy. I'm yeah. going to start doing that. Perfect. Perfect advice. All right. And as always, drink some water. Drink some water. <laughs> Bye. 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 Find us on TikTok and Instagram at Waking Up the Witch. Please email us your witchy stories, ghost stories, corrections, and advice questions to wakingupthewitch at gmail.com. Love you. Love you.